0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Phil Kraus Survival Podcast. I'm your host Mike, and today's co-host I have sitting in my Toyota 4Runner in the middle of uh, a field. I have Mike Pfeiffer from Last Line of Defense. What's up, Mike?
1: How's it going, man? Thanks for having me on the show. Another Mike, another half Korean Mike, actually. Dude, so. that's
0: I didn't even realize your so your mom is Korean and your dad's a white dude.
1: My dad is a white dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My mom's full on born and raised in Korea uh yeah she met my dad over in Greece she spoke a little bit of English and and the rest is yeah kind of history I guess
0: that's awesome if you guys don't know who Mike is Mike Pfeiffer from Last Line of Defense um he's actually done some stuff with us in the past uh he has a, a lucrative YouTube social media following where he's you know specializes in overlanding uh tactical considerations and everyday carry and and you know defending yourself survival preparedness it's, it's a lot of stuff that Mike's got going on, but he fits in the genre and space. And, you know, we just had the conversation about uh, kind of him pioneering, which is my opinion of him pioneering uh, really the comfort level for civilians to get more involved in preparedness, well, whether that be, you know, their mobility platform or, or just taking into consideration, you know, their, their tactical, you know, how they carry. Uh, you have a lot of stuff going on.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I guess I mean I am a I'm a civilian. My dad was in the army for twenty five years, uh, so I was you know obviously not in the army, but exposed to military lifestyle my whole life. And yeah, chose a different path. I was you know young and dumb, and I look back on it now, and I kind of I regret it obviously. But mm-hmm. it's where I am at life and my age. It's you know I'm pretty established in what I do, so it'd be hard to hard to go back. But yeah, my whole life been into. Not really my whole life been into guns, but my whole adult life I've been into guns uh, and outdoor stuff. And yeah, I don't know, uh, four years back started being more publicly into guns on Instagram I guess and kind of built a following there and people were always asking questions because I'm a pretty knowledgeable dude just from experience and training and thinking and researching very uh, kind of that is more my thing doing the doing the research side and finding out why i'm doing what i'm doing why are these guys doing what they're doing could we do it better uh so started off giving people advice in that realm really the gun work gun realm edc realm like i'm a regular dude you you don't need to carry all this junk on you just carry what you need learn how to learn how to use what you carry and become proficient in that and that kind of evolved to showing more of the aspects of my life, which is obviously outdoorsman stuff. And then, yeah, more recently, I guess, got into, quote, unquote, overlanding, even though I've been doing vehicular yeah. camping for it's some time.
0: Dry, driving anywhere is consi- c- could be considered overlanding. Yeah, landing.
1: technically, but, you know, you, you can't throw that term around lightly <laughs> in, the, in the industry because, yeah, there's some there's some people.
0: Um, so how? tell me about Last Line of Defense. So Last Line of Defense is your company, and uh, you guys do a whole bunch of cool stuff. What, what do you have going on with the company?
1: Yeah, Last Line of Defense is is a company, I guess. Really, it started as just I wanted to make a, a YouTube channel. I didn't really want to just call it, like, Mike's channel or something corny. So I was like, Last Line of Defense kind of fits, fits what I do and made a little logo with, like, a shield because... You know defensive mindset and mountains because outdoors and and it became that I uh I had been you know I, I'm always tinkering with stuff building stuff for myself like just looking for a tool out there if I can find something off the shelf that does the job if not then I'm going to build it myself so I started building Ky- kydex holsters in my garage seven or eight years back and Not selling them, just kind of showing them. You know, I show my EDC, right? Yeah. Oh, where's that holster? Can I get it? Can I get it? And for a long time, I was like, nah, but I mean, here's some companies that do similar stuff. And eventually, I was just like, I'll just start selling them. So, started the kind of holster side of Last Line of Defense and kind of accessories and stuff like that. Um, I know you guys are making holsters now as well. I mean, you've been for a bit. Yeah, just for a little
0: bit, but like, I've, Talked to a couple guys, my guys, about your holster, and, like, super impressed with the, the quality of build, and you're making all those things yourself in-house?
1: Yeah, so I uh, originally, like everyone else in their garage, started with, like, a foam press before vacuum presses. I mean, we're getting a little technical, but you guys can probably hang, so foam presses, you you heat up Kydex, and you squeeze it between some foam, and it makes a mold of a gun. Uh, That's that's what a lot of people are still doing. Nothing wrong with it. Um, But more high volume stuff, more precise stuff. Eventually, you get into uh, CNC and custom Mm -hmm. molds. Yep. Vacuum forming, which is essentially sucking the air out of what's between the Kydex and the plastic mold to make a precise mold. So yeah, uh, my brother, just we're we're pretty. So my brother and I work together in our day job, uh, Rehab Creative, a web development company, and we're both you know do it learn it. Figured out. if somebody else can do it, we can we can do it too. Like no problem. So, he taught himself CAD one night and uh <laughs> one uh, night that's yeah, awesome. Literally, literally a night. That's so cool, man. Started you know I got with him and you know measured out stuff, took took a bunch of pictures and made started making custom molds. Uh, I bought a little CNC, and started. which is a
0: game changer in Kydex, right? I mean we're we're actually just purchased a CNC, but I know it just changes because everything. What I've realized is uh, my guys, they'll, they'll take things and shape it. So, depending on who's working the shaping or the finishing, it kind of gives you that style of like this, like, I don't know, you can call it craftsmanship, but it's, it's, it's not consistent, right? And yeah. then you go C and C, and then it's a game changer because everything comes out the same.
1: Yep, yep. So it's uh, it helps with uniformity, especially when you're pumping out a lot of product, basically. Yeah. But also, it helps you design your own stuff. So a lot of a lot of shops, you know, you can buy these molds of guns and you tape some popsicle sticks on them or whatever. Like everyone, everyone that's ever made a holster is familiar with that that world to kind of get your custom finish and your custom lines. But when you can, when you can do that all on a CNC and you design it in CAD, you do whatever you want. So I've obviously been, you know, m- minimalism, function. And then and then form. You want the holster to look good. I want yeah. the lines to be clean. I want, you know, if you put it out on the table, you know, you take your EDC off at the end of the day, put it on your nightstand, you wanna be like, ooh, yeah, that looks good too. Absolutely. But you know, that thing was also comfortable all day. So it's all everything. And with you guys too, it's kind of you you wanna build something, you wanna create a, a product that will make your life better personally. Mm-hmm. So fill it fill a space or make an improvement and And then you can offer that to to everyone else because a lot of us are looking for the same kind of thing. One product isn't necessarily going to be right for everyone, but mm-hmm. you know there's thousands and thousands of people that are looking for exactly what you're looking for so
0: yeah I like that I like that philosophy I like that that uh that mindset and what I've noticed about your stuff and I don't know if it's web maybe it's your web development experience or maybe just your aesthetic or the way uh, maybe from your experiences but your style um it's hard to replicate. You know, you see a lot of people in the space and it's kind of the same old thing. And even, even my company, you know, one of my critiques is, uh, we just haven't established a style, but from the get go, you had this kind of style, this theme. It, and the only way I could describe it is it's very clean, uh, like aesthetically pleasing and just looks like consistent. And how, like, what is the, was that deliberate pro a deliberate process? And then, uh, can you share anything about how you know your mindset and doing that? I mean, it's just it's yeah. it's made it seem so much better than everybody else. When <laughs> <you look laughs> Thanks, at man. Things. I
1: mean, I appreciate uh, the flattery. It's yeah, nothing too special, but yeah, I I did uh, from the get go. I mean, just like everyone else, the first couple holsters I made for myself were butt ugly. I mean, they yeah. were. I mean, functional. You know, i they <laughs> they, they were bent in a way I wanted them to bend. They they held the gun in the way I wanted them to hold, but. There were nothing I'd be proud to take pictures of, so there's there's no there's no documentation of of holsters that I made early on. I was really, as far as I know, and as far as some, I'm friends with a couple other holster companies, as far as I know, I was the first one to actually do the the gun plus mag combo, which you see everywhere now. Uh, so I posted a couple of pictures early on 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 Instagram. I have another friend, QVO Tactical, another holster guy. Uh, and he actually called out another holster company that said they were the first. Wow. And he was like, you guys were definitely not the first. When was that when was that done? I don't wanna That's years ago, right? Yeah. I mean like 8 8 or 9 years ago or something. Dang. Yeah, so before the Incog, before the sidecar, before yeah. everything. Yeah. But I wasn't a holster company then. I was just a dude bending them in my garage. Yeah. And I'm sure there was other people out there. But anyways, And you had posted about it? Yeah, on my like you know personal page, I Dang. wasn't anything back then. Yeah, but still, that's a cool. Nobody. But yeah, I had some you know some friends in the industry at that point, but yeah, not, maybe not eight, maybe like seven, six or seven years. Yeah, ago probably. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then once I started taking more pictures and getting more into Instagram or whatever, I was like, you know, oh, I need to make these things good. So I did a lot of experimentation for the lines I liked. Uh, and, I, you know, I didn't want to just make them flashy to make them flashy. And they're not flashy. I mean, they're very, they're very minimalistic mm-hmm. um, still in their styling. But just, you know, wanted clean lines, wanted no bulk, wanted... Because I had bought holsters. I didn't make holsters just because I was like, yeah, I feel like making holsters. I made holsters because I bought dozens of holsters like everyone else, and there's just nothing out there working for me. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, these things dig in here, this point here, this bends wrong. Like, why is this part sticking out here and just like... Started with just cleaning up, uh, function-wise, mm-hmm. the the crappy designs of everything else out there. And then just adding in, like, okay, well, I think I need just this much flare to make it look, like, not f- flare, like, ooh, flare. Like, a flare on the magazine well to, like, get it in. So yep. just the right amount of bevel here and just the right angle there. A and, good balance of form and function. Yeah, and kind of my first couple holsters, I really, well, once I got that dialed in, I really liked how they looked. And then I replicated that kind of style on the other makes and models that I started making them for so so
0: so how did and so when you uh started social media when did you you know you're you're influencing now you're to the point where uh you're you're a influencer in the space and what I noticed is like you have a lot of followers on Instagram and on your individual uh it's at your individual page on. It's your last line of defense. Yeah, page, Yeah, right? I
1: don't have time for multiple. Just it yeah. me, and that's really my company. I don't do a whole lot of personal stuff on there. But yeah.
0: But your YouTube. How many subscribers do you have on YouTube?
1: Like 126, something like that. That's significant. 000.
0: I'm late to the game. We we started YouTube last year. Actually, it might have been this year. Um, so we're new to the game in YouTube, and what I've realized is, you know, YouTube is one of in my opinion one of the best platforms to assemble a group of people who are um, more affiliated with the company they want they take the company serious they're more engaged than just a scroll and you know click on IG yeah. but what i've noticed is it's very difficult to get followers up and to get a, a, to get a, a significant following and you've done it in a short period of time you've you've a, a, assembled a lot of followers is there a tactic or a secret or what what are the things that you could do that you could talk about that makes it better, that makes your content better than anybody else's?
1: Yeah, for sure. And my content definitely isn't better than everyone else's. I, I have gained uh, a, a decent following. In the big scheme of things, it's still pretty small. But, you know, I am I got to a point, basically I got to a point where I was like, once I hit 100,000, like, I'll actually feel like I am a YouTube person. You yeah. Know? Like, people know who I am at that point a little bit, at least in the space, you know? Like yeah. Yeah you know normal people at the grocery store have no idea who I am but it's it's tough it's growing really like I've never grown really fast gone viral or anything like that so I've grown at a pretty steady pace consistently mm-hmm. good pace um and have been consistently growing and all of that the word i keep saying is consistently and it, it requires consistency mm-hmm. to uh do that so consistently putting out video with good audio with good lighting with with good information and really Mm -hmm. my my videos aren't flashy and sexy like a lot of these guys I mean sometimes I'll put a little bit of effort into into making them that way but mostly for me specifically is just solid information so I don't talk about anything that I don't consider myself somewhat of an expert about so I'm never putting out Bad information. Yeah, I'm going to have trolls that disagree with me always. Yeah. Everywhere yep. you're going to see that. But I could basically, if I say something in a video, I could sit down with the top experts in whatever I'm talking about. And they would say, yeah, that guy knows what he's talking about. Maybe he's not a pro. Maybe I don't re- respect him with everything I have because maybe he didn't work in this industry long enough or do that long enough. Yeah. But just at a base level of information, the stuff that's coming out of my mouth is... Is very solid and consistent, uh, and I think that's important, and and to be reputable as well, because once you once you start growing a following in, in Instagram or YouTube or anything, you're gonna get companies that are trying to throw stuff at you. Yeah, everything. I mean, take the scuba mask, do a review on it. How about this blanket? I got this sh- these shoes, and I got this new company, and blah blah blah. And what you need to learn to do is just to say no. Like, is it worth it? I mean, if you just want to be a flash in the pan, just like, "I want to grow as fast, I like, can get as much stuff as I can this year, and I don't care about next year yeah sure take take whatever you can you can get um but I think even early on when it was hard for me to like get connections with companies, I would have some other alternate company that made like mm-hmm. a much crappier product, but I could have got it for free, yeah, I said no
0: just like, stood your ground I don't want to
1: dilute my product i don't wanna I don't wanna you know make sacrifices in the quality that I'm looking for just to get something for free or just to get just to get a handout from another company so I don't know As cheesy as it sounds I think be true to yourself have some have some standards Mm -hmm. but really what it comes down to is consistency uh consistent quality consistent timeline you know post a video a week or whatever and if you do that for long enough you'll start accumulating a following as long as you don't put out crap content
0: yeah. Um, uh, well, I, the the thing I realized, you know, we were just talking about it before the podcast kicked off about civilians in the space. And there's not many people like you who step up and say, hey, I'm going to take the lead on this. And what I always talk about, like, I, you know, you don't have to be a special operator or special person in order to have the experience. The only thing you need is the a level of committ- commitment, like you said, a standard. And being consistent with the message, like if you live it because you're passionate about it, you know you're passionate about the, the the plastic because it means something in the way you carry your pistol, the way you prepare, your mindset. Like, don't be afraid to step up. And what you've done, and I don't think you've even realized it, is pioneer a demographic of uh, of a lot of people who want to do something and say something, but in this space they're intimidated to do that. I mean, I, I even see guys who are who are no doubt uh validating the space even come up and go well I'm not I shouldn't be here it's like yeah you should be here
1: it's tough and I mean I know my I know my I stay in my lane for the most part I'm not out trying to teach people how to kick doors down or teach team tactics like that's not that's not my space I I realized that like yeah I've taken some courses in that stuff but I I'm not going to teach anybody anything like a I, I don't deserve to. Like, I haven't established myself. I don't have the real world experience to teach that kind of stuff. But I mean, if I'm telling somebody what knife is good or what flashlight works well or what backpack carries things in a good way, uh, there's no reason that I need needed to be a, you know, tier one guy to, mm-hmm. to do that kind of stuff. And I mean, all my respect to, to you and other people who have uh, served in special operations or non-special operations. You just yeah. served our country in general. A uh, ton of respect to those guys, obviously. I mean, my, my dad being one of them, but I don't think that means that, well, I served now I'm an expert at everything in the field. Cause there's tons of guys that have served and don't know much. There's, I get reached out to regularly. I mean, by, by team guys, uh, Just saying, you know, we watch your videos out here. We learn a ton. I mean, obviously, they're not learning how to kick doors down from me. But they're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense for how to pack that pack. Or it makes a lot of sense for, you know, the light output of this. And and there's you can use the information that I give in whatever you want to. You're a mechanic. Yeah, okay, well, these are the flashlights I talk about. See one that fits for you. I'm not telling anybody what to use. And, yeah, as far as, like, pioneering the space, yeah, I don't know. I'm just... A guy that likes to give information to other people. Really how I started was uh, I got a lot of questions from new concealed carriers. Like, I can't, like, you sit down with this gun all the time. Do you carry with one in the chamber? Like, what gun should I use? Like, what about printing? Like, what if my shirt gets tagged on it? And blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you know what? It's It is a confusing space to get into. I remember when I first started getting concealed carry, I was just like, what am I doing? Like I there's nothing out there. There's there's like tier one guys, you know, like hardcore operators, like, this is the way to do it. And I'm kinda of like, but that's not me. Like that's not really Normal dude. Me. I'm yeah. just like I literally sit at a desk and there's nobody kinda there's nobody like taking the lead for that kind of stuff. I mean there's people here and there but there's nobody giving out good information. I
0: think that's that, that, that means something about what you just said is just there's nobody there. There's nobody taking the lead on it. Not you know, when I started the company a few years ago, we kind of identified some of those things like, hey, there's not a lot of people talking about basics. And so, you know, people even that come to our courses, they have kind of this uh, fantasy that there's going to be some dynamic things. And we, you know, as dynamic as we get is shooting and moving. But people don't realize that even in special operations, maybe there's some people who give us a bad name because... They highlight all this stuff that's, I don't even think in the scope of reality, um, these these new tactics and these new uh, procedures that aren't even real, uh, and that's to gain influence. But the reality is the reason they're proficient is because of the basics, because they're paying attention to the basics. And what I realize is, like, coming into the civilian space is, one, there's not a lot of people teaching basics, and two, there's not a lot of people leading uh, and focusing on good content that leads people, you know, to get off their butt and go, hey, you know what? I want to be involved because I'm I'm getting receiving this information. I'm not scared to step up and go, hey, maybe I'll put this pistol that's loaded with one in the chamber inside my waistband because that's got to be intimidating for you know 95 percent of the population who just th- never touched a firearm before. Yeah, and th- and that's I think that's the role that you fit in is like it's a huge. Not only is it a huge market development wise, but it's a huge need society wise of of you know a gap of information that nobody's providing.
1: Yeah, I think so. And it, it's it's all of this stuff is kind of tricky stuff to talk about because you know I'm obviously a, a huge huge supporter of the Second Amendment, but at the same time, if you don't know which way to point a gun, I don't I don't really think you should be carrying it. Yeah, can you? Yeah. By all means, if you want to, do it for sure freedom all that stuff but people that are just getting into it if they don't have a, a parent or a friend or a coworker, or something that's into guns that can really teach them the basics they got to go somewhere they got to go to youtube they got to go to the internet uh and I just wanted to take it upon myself to make sure those people that were googling you know I, I don't even I don't, yeah I don't even think I have a video titled this but like I'm new to concealed carry what do I do some videos out there that will help those guys, put them in a right positive foundation like you were saying because uh, even these tier one guys, they they realize that everything is built on a foundation, which is the fundamentals, which is the the basic building blocks of, you know, carrying a gun uh, in your world or as far as, you know, in the overlanding space, the basic building blocks of what you want to equip your vehicle with to, to be prepared out there in the wilderness. So I, I think there's just... Yeah, there's a lot of cool guys out there, you put on their plate carrier, and here's my AR-15, look at look at how many rounds I can dump on this, not hitting this target in the dirt, uh, and those are some of the videos that these newer guys are getting exposed to, and either that's turning them off, they're like, oh, I don't, I mean, an AR-15 is too much for me, or I don't, what do I need a plate carrier for, I just want to carry a pistol, so maybe this isn't the right thing for me. Yeah. Uh, and they got to know that it is the right thing for them. Same with overlanding. Oh, I got a stock Ford Explorer. I guess I can't get an overlanding because Mike's rig's freaking tricked out like crazy, and you mm-hmm. must need that, but you don't. You don't at all. You know, and I think that's that's where you guys you guys put. It. I mean, even though you have sick rigs, even though you do awesome training, even though you you've done cool guys stuff your whole life, you're still very as a company very for me. You know, as a civilian, approachable. Yeah. Like, oh, well, these guys. These guys aren't trying to act better than you. And you find that you find that in our world, uh, in the tactical community especially, the crossover between, well, I'm a cool guy. I don't give a shit about you civilians out there. But, I mean, America is made of civilians. I mean, even veterans. You are now a civilian. <laughs> it, 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 everybody, at some point in their life, my dad, 25 years in the Army, he's a civilian now. Everybody... Is a civilian. So like I I get it, the, the whole you didn't serve, I don't respect you kind of mentality. But I think it's very it's poisonous for, for the community. Do I think you should serve? Uh even though hypocritically I didn't, at the point I am now, I absolutely do. Uh but if you didn't, I don't think that means that means you should be a jackass to those people that haven't, you know? And that's a that's a tricky that's a tricky sub subject to talk about. I know probably the majority of your listeners are maybe gonna shut it off right now, which I I hope no, no, I don't but, think they
0: they will because yeah, I, I mean that's the principles that we stand on. I don't, I it's it's crazy because uh, if if anybody in our inner circle knows that I hate the tactical space, I'm not a fan because I've been going to the shot show. I mean, I went to the shot show almost a decade ago as a special operations guy representing special operations and went, oh, this is a shit show. Yeah. It's not the shot show, it's the shit show. And, and what turned me off is the fact, it wasn't the fact there were civilians there. And that would be the presumption. The, the, the reason I was turned off is because of the egos that were there. Mm-hmm. And when I look at uh, civ- the civilian space, what I tell all veterans, uh, you know, if we're doing like seminars or whatever, I'm an advocate for veterans, but what I tell them is civilian life is, is difficult. It's not easy. It, the equivalency is being a lone operator in a foreign country that's non-permissive and operating by yourself with no support and uh, no assistance. Because in the civilian world, nobody cares. And if you're not affiliated, if you're not you know, tribe affiliated, you don't have a crew, you don't have a team, you don't have a family, you don't have friends, you have nothing. And so in the military, it's very easy to operate because you have everything and so, you know, being a civilian, I I I tell people, people are like, oh, you're a veteran. No, I'm a civilian. And I don't like to run. I'm an advocate for veterans, but I don't like to run under the premise that it's because, you know, our company is the way it is because we're special operations. I know some of it's going to be there because mm-hmm. of the background. But what I appreciate, you know, about your business, about guys like you, um, about kind of like this turnover of complacency is that, people are realizing that. Like, hey, just because you spent 20 years in Silt Team 6 doesn't make you a good instructor. It doesn't even make you a good person. And you have to take individuals, instructors, you know, subject matter experts, one at a time. And you have to dissect the market and establish who's validating the space and who's approachable and who's willing to teach you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Haley, for example, you, you were just at uh, Haley Strategic. Yep. You know Travis Haley is an approachable guy. He's he's a guy that could teach his lessons learned, but he's you know doesn't have this narcissistic attitude towards things, and you can actually learn something. So that's what we want to keep pushing in the space. And I'm uh, you know I'm glad to see companies like yours, guys like you, that are kind of pioneering the space where there's so many people that have the egos uh, in the space, and I, I hate to see it, man. I, I'm glad I'm glad to talk to you because I'm glad to see and push this. Uh, positive, non-toxic uh education format and content uh, that you're doing. Yeah. W- what's the what's the future for last line of fits? Like what's your do you have an objective or what do you see the business evolving into?
1: Yeah, that's that's tough. I uh I'm not really a business guy. Uh my background is business, funny enough college is I have a business degree, but it doesn't really mean anything uh as probably anybody that's kind of started a business or or done anything it's you just kind of kind of roll with the punches as you go. Uh, I should be establishing, you know, a one, five, ten year plan or something like that. But yeah. I, I don't. I honestly don't. Uh, I see a, an area in the market where I don't like this or that, and I think I'll continue to create uh, clever products here and there, uh, and continue to push out good information. And really, I'm just out kind of enjoying enjoying my life, the the relationships I make across the way, and. New experiences, new endeavors lead to to new information and new knowledge and new insight that I can continue, kind of, kind of giving out the rest of the world, I guess. So, yeah, I I don't know. It'll just kind of constantly be evolving. I think
0: you'll you'll probably hit a because I mean you identified why you did this business, but that's like the foundation for the best businesses, which is you identified a problem and then you're coming up with a, with a solution. And I imagine some point in the near um, future, you're more than likely going to come to a crossroads where you're like, wow, this is so lucrative and so such a good genre to be in. Maybe I'll just commit to doing it full time.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it could, it could definitely be. And I mean, our crossover is very similar, you know, guns and overlanding Yep. and it's a, it's, I'm sure every community is like this. And I'd like to talk to you about it a little bit, but like, as I'm kind of, even though i've been vehicular camping my whole life have more off road experience with various vehicles than most of these guys that consider themselves like overland experts or whatever, I find the, the overland space to be pretty poisonous as well and the the thing is I get it in the tactic the the tactical community yeah. you know i've i've I was a Navy seal for fifteen years respect me and i I get that you know like yeah, yeah for sure you've done some incredible stuff you have an insane resume I respect what you've done. With each person, I actually wanted to talk about. This. With each person, I don't respect. I don't respect a person just for what they've done. Yep. I respect their accomplishments. Yep. I respect what they've done, but until I, I get to know that person, I don't really respect the individual. Same way. Until yep. I know them, and it could be anybody. You know, it could be a, a mechanic. I could respect that person more than a Navy SEAL. Yep. At the same time, I could obviously respect a Navy SEAL more than a mechanic. But on an individual level, there's that respect. But anyways, but coming back to the Overland world, these pretentious Overlanders—they're like, oh, blah, 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 blah." I don't—I don't even know what they say. They say some stupid <laughs> stuff, and I'm like, "What gives you the right?" Or like, "What, like, what's going on in your head?" Where does that it makes come from? You think like. You have any right to say? Like, I get it. if I'm if I'm out on the range operating an AR fifteen like an idiot. Yeah. And some green beret comes over and is like, Hey, you know, I got some. Let me give you some. Let me give you some information. But at the same time, if I'm operating that AR fifteen like totally good, there's no reason for the green beret to come over and tell yeah. me like, Hey, listen, man, I got some experience that <laughs> so you might want to listen to me. And I get that um, you do have experience, but in the overland world, it's just like. Well, I I'm a professional overlander, and you're just a new person here, and I'm gonna be a dick to you. You know, I don't get that, and I know you deal with it, dude.
0: Like, it's insane all the time. right? Well, the 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 crazy thing is, you're absolutely right. I almost think there's a, and I'm not gonna say the over overland space. What I'll say is like, there are tribes of overlanders who typically troll in forums, and then they stick together. We actually got attacked on YouTube once. Where me and Travis, it looked like we were off trail, but we are actually on trail. And people were like, you're damaging the environment. And the same guys, like we looked up a couple of the guys. These guys are rock crawlers, like Mm -hmm. bouldering, bouldering mountains. And, you know, you could say, hey, I'm rolling over a dead bush, but you're bouldering mountains, you know, dropping your pan of oil all over the, (laughs) the side of a mountain. And so... A lot of them are are oh, yeah, basing yeah. their uh, opinions based on a perspective that's like miscalculated or misjudged, and so they just start viciously attacking. In fact, one guy went back to their forum, got all their buddies, and they went in and started attacking our our page. Yeah. And I thought that was real interesting because we got called out. They're like, you know, Mike's not an overlander. He's not a professional overlander. He hasn't been <laughs> overlanding. And I'm like, dude, you know, in every trip to war. I have overlanded for weeks at a time, living off of rigs in the middle of Libya, in the middle of Yemen, in the middle of Africa, in the middle of you know the Middle East. And so I never really had to justify myself, but I can't. I caught myself coming out going, "Hey man, you know what I do? Like I saw a picture of me on the back of an overland like Land Rover in Afghanistan and go uh-huh. a mall hashtag mall crawler. But then I realized, and you know, I got talked <laughs> it's, down. It's yeah. just so so silly. Yeah. I'm just like, dude, you know what? And, but you're right, man. Overland, I don't know what, why it is. And then I started making, you know, if you're, I grew up camping. I grew up, you know, I, my dad liked to do those kind of things. And I like to do those kind of things. You could be a soccer mom who uses your minivan to overland the trails to go camping in National Forest. Mm-hmm. That, y- if you do it, maybe you're an overlander. Yeah. But so, for some reason, there's this genre affiliation that, like, it means something else. And I don't know what that is, but you're absolutely right. It's it's comical, man.
1: It's a, it's a weird thing, yeah. I'm sure we could talk for, for hours and hours and hours about it's all funny. this kind of stuff. Well, let's, 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 I don't want to bash too much. Here. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, it's it's funny to bring up because people will probably agree with it because they see it. But uh, let's knock out uh, in closing. Let's talk about a couple of things because I, I know people are, are probably interested. What is your EDC and um, your EDC setup, kind of like your everyday setup, and uh, why? why? Why do you choose that?
1: Yeah, so my on-body EDC, and probably we won't get into my EDM really because there's a lot more stuff there, but my EDC is a, a Glock 19 uh, with one extra 17 round mag, uh, that's a 9mm handgun double stack, uh, with Federal HSTs, the ammo I carry, just because it's a gun that I'm comfortable with, it's insanely reliable, It's, I have adapted very well to, to the grip, the grip angle, it's a gun that's big enough to use in all the courses and small enough to concealed carry. Uh, I could go for something smaller once in a while, but I like to keep it simple. I like to just keep the same gun all the time. Yep. Winter, summer, spring, fall, this clothing, that outfit, whatever. I like to try and keep the same gun. I think that's very important to have Smart. Uh, your rounds through one or maybe you know two guns primarily. Uh so that's that's what I use for a gun, for a flashlight. I'm I am a gear tester so that switches out quite a bit. I, I'm carrying an O one S O Light S one Mini specifically if you're if you're wanting that much information and then a knife sometimes I'll carry a defensive blade uh that switches around but not usually. Usually I don't have a defensive blade, I'll usually just have a multi-tool, which is a leatherman tool. Uh, because has a knife that's good enough, easy to deploy, open boxes, cut cut string, cut paracord, yeah. whatever. And that's what I'm usually using my knife for. But I am a tinkerer, so having a set of pliers on me all the time is awesome. Like, yeah, I have you know my sockets and my wrenches and all that stuff when I really need to do work. But sometimes I just need to crank something real quick and just get that out of my pocket. Screwdriver, bottle opener has kind of the basics on there, uh, and then yeah, wallet, keys, and You'll usually carry a Sharpie pen, which they don't make anymore, but just to, just something that I could, you know, sign a check with or jot down something on a piece of wood. So I kind of like the crossover so it's not just a pen or a pencil or a space pen because I can use it for a little more than that. Um, so that, yeah, and then good pair of pants, belt. Uh, my belt right now is a Blue Alpha uh, Hybrid EDC belt. It's a cobra belt buckle that has a smaller buckle on one end so you can fit it through normal belt loops. I sell that as well.
0: So that's all that's crazy. Cause I actually, you know what's weird is I have a belt dilemma all the time. Like I actually like because I, I like belts are important. People don't realize in EDC, choosing the right belt is important, but it's also for comfort. Like you can't use like stiff leather belts because they're they dig into your flesh and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And actually this morning I was going through a dilemma, I'm like I need to carry a belt to hold up my pants because they're not currently fitting, and um, I I use soft leather, but I notice there's not a lot of good belt options. You said you carry a belt. You actually make a belt.
1: Uh yeah. Well I, it's like a co-branded belt. Yeah. Uh the company Blue Alpha really makes the belts. Yeah. And I have like a co-branded one that I sell on my site. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'll let you check it out if you're, if you're into it. Uh, absolutely, man. But yeah, for belt, too, it's like, it's got to be stiff enough if you're carrying yep. kind of a heavier gun, but not so, like a lot of people, a lot of, there's belts out there that people be like, I could hold up my truck sideways with this belt, it's so stiff, and I'm like, I don't want that. Yeah, not who for wants that kind bag. of belt? Yeah. I don't want that. So you got to find that right balance, stiff enough, but not like so stiff that it'll be uncomfortable, easy to take on and off, and then if you're switching belts a lot, uh, it's it sounds silly, but your belt buckle will be different it'll need to be in different places for these belt loops or for for this gun configuration i don't want it to stick out too much so yeah i've i mean i've tested and reviewed dozens and dozens of belts and i found one that i really liked and i reached out to them and asked if they would be interested in you know co-branding a belt with me cuz i liked it so much and that's yeah that's the belt i use that's
0: awesome man so tell me about tell everybody about all the uh the platforms and where people can get a hold of you at
1: yeah, so uh, my primary, I guess, is probably YouTube. You could just search Last Line of Defense. Uh, even, I think, if you search the L-L-O-D, yep. you'll find me as well. Instagram, at Last Line of Defense, all one word, as well. And that's, yeah. I mean, I have a website, llod.us.
0: llod.us is the website.
1: Yeah, so super easy to remember, and that'll have all my, my links. and All your you gear and stuff on my there? gear and stuff, too, yep.
0: Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you being on the podcast, man. I know it's crazy it's been almost been forty minutes, and it doesn't seem like that oh, um so much so much more to talk about, maybe we have you on again because i mean you're you're always evolving. I've noticed that it's never the same like you don't stick to one thing if one thing's better, then you evolve, and that's you know that's what you're supposed to do, right Always evolve and get better
1: yeah i think I think it's important that as new stuff comes out or as your personal use of stuff changes. If there's something that's going to better suit your your lifestyle at that point, then no reason not to go for it. Awesome. Thanks, Mike, for being on podcast, brother. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor.